0: Gospel reading will be the basis for today's sermon. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face, face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And when they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Tell no one of the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.
1: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The text this morning is the gospel from Matthew chapter 17 that Vicar Gertel read for us just a few moments ago. Well, in traditional fashion, we close out this season of Epiphany with the transfiguration of our Lord. And today we hear again the Father declare that this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. John the Baptist testified that he heard the Father at Jesus' baptism. And now Peter and John do the same. For in our epistle lesson today, the Apostle Peter writes, We were eyewitnesses of His majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory. What a name for that cloud. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And the Apostle John writes, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. In him there is no darkness at all. This is certainly confirmed in today's lesson from the Gospel of Matthew, where Matthew is so intent on us seeing that Jesus coming in the flesh is nothing less than the kingdom of God entering human history through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Truly, we do believe, teach, and confess that Jesus is God's Son. He is perfect in every way, and His transfiguration reveals that He is the light of the world. For the Apostle John will later describe Jesus this way as he sees the new Jerusalem in his vision, and the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light. And its lamp is the Lamb. Today, the light of the world bids us to rise and have no fear. Now, can you imagine the transfiguration? In a moment, Jesus shines like the sun, so much so that his clothes appear white. I cannot imagine the shock, the wonder, the curiosity, and the fascination in the hearts and the minds of the disciples. Moses and Elijah also appear, and of course, Peter speaks. Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. (laughs) Now, Peter means well, but he has just equated Jesus to Moses and Elijah. And this seems so strange to us, for prior to this, Peter proclaims Jesus as the Christ. Is it possible that Peter doesn't quite understand what being the Christ means? But before we even have a chance to ponder or answer that question, the Father breaks into the scene and he speaks. In fact, Matthew records that Peter was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. That majestic glory. You can almost hear Peter's words slowing down and his eyes widening as this bright cloud appears. The answer to Peter's query comes straight from the father as they hear his voice. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. The disciples... Fall down terrified. Now that you might remember that the hearing of last week's gospel text was uncomfortable. For in it we were confronted with our very own sin. Being in the presence of the living God in our sin-filled state is terrifying. Yet terrified is probably just one of many adjectives that would describe the hearts of the disciples at the moment. Imagine all of a sudden you are surrounded by a bright cloud. You hear the voice of God and you lose all strength in your members. You are driven to the ground in fear. Your heart rate drops, your vision narrows, and time just slows down as dread washes over you. This is a life-altering moment, one that you will never, ever forget. You are in the very presence of God, and you wouldn't be able to prostrate yourself low enough You can imagine their open mouths, not able to voice a word, yet crying out for mercy. Tears streaming down their faces. They want to look up, but they dare not do so. And all this results from only hearing the Father's voice. Jesus interrupts their terror with a touch. His touch removes the terror from their hearts because it is an instant reminder that they are not alone. They are not forsaken. Their minds drop their defenses and they refocus on a scene that is just totally changed. Only Jesus Remains. And he says, Rise and have no fear. I was pondering this week how our Lord comes to us and continues to touch us in our terror so that we too might hear these words to rise. And have no fear. Absolution this morning in its own way brings that kind of touch. Instead of hearing the word of God in terror because of your sins, you hear the words of the Father that proclaim your sins are forgiven. And with it you receive his soothing assurance that Jesus has taken your sins to the cross. You are not abandoned. You are not forsaken. In your baptism, you were touched not only with water, but God's holy word. Faith, the forgiveness of sins, come. You are buried with Jesus, and new life has come to you. The promise of a resurrection just like his is now yours. All received in your baptism. Perhaps we should learn to attach Jesus' words today to our remembrance of our baptism. Remember your baptism. Rise and have no fear. In the sacrament of Holy Communion, you hear the words of your Savior. You touch the bread. You taste the wine. You receive the very body and blood of Jesus. You receive forgiveness for your sins and the strengthening of your faith. And you are united with Him in a way that you could never accomplish. You are given His peace. Take and eat the body of Christ given for you. Take and drink the blood of Christ shed for you. And then rise and have no fear. God the Father this day gives us an epiphany. Jesus is His Son. Jesus is loved by the Father and His purpose for coming remains intact. For Jesus is perfect and He is ready for the task ahead. The task of the cross. For He is that perfect sacrifice for the sins of the world. Now listen to Him. Rise. Have no fear. In this season of Epiphany, the Father has revealed Jesus' identity twice. So what does rise and have no fear tell us about our identity now? So often we use our vocations as our identity. And while vocations might point to our work within the body of Christ... We are first and foremost children of the Heavenly Father. Jesus is both brother and Lord. We are one with Him. Our ability to rise and have no fear flows from our identity as children of God. We rise not only because we are commanded to do so, but because Jesus has poured out His blood on the cross of Calvary that covers our sin. We are forgiven. Peace with the Father is now won and done. We have nothing to fear, both in this life or in the presence. Of God in the life to come. So rise and have no fear. Can you imagine hearing the master's voice on the last day as he tells you to rise and have no fear? But why do we need so much reminding? What were the disciples afraid of on that mountain? What are we most afraid of? Well, the answer should be nothing. But our reactions to the happenings in our lives are often driven by our fear of losing our idols. Some of which might be money might be fame, might be family, it might be our very life. Has the fear of losing our idols replaced our fear of the Lord? We often say fear, love and trust in him. We even consider him with awe and deep respect, but face it, it is so much easier to treat him superficially and miss his divinity. We forget that he is the word who spoke the world into existence. He is the one who rained down judgment and drowned the earth with the exception of eight in the flood. He is the one who went toe to toe with Satan. And even death itself. And he rose victorious. This is not just some prophet. This is not a mere man. This is not just a man of God. This is God incarnate. That was God on the cross for you. As Jesus leaves this mountain and turns his face towards Jerusalem, he tells his disciples, tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. Why is that? Because no one would believe them? Or perhaps, perhaps no one was ready to hear After all, even Peter, James, and John, who saw the transfiguration, ran from the Garden of Gethsemane, and they cowered in the locked room after Jesus' resurrection. It seems that the necessity of timing is something we should not ignore. Sometimes something else needs to come first before we can actually hear and understand The death and resurrection of Jesus brings us this new focus and a desire to learn and hear more about what Jesus has accomplished for us. Take yourself back to Jerusalem and imagine the buzz surrounding the resurrection of Jesus, especially since Matthew records that many had come out of their tombs at his death. There was more to hear. There was more to experience before the revelation of what he was about to do for them would open up their minds and their hearts, both to the truth of his word and his salvation for all. Jesus' resurrection after the resurrection of all those others on the day of his death, enables the disciples to fill in the missing information, which is the theology of the cross. The theology of the cross is difficult for us to grasp because the way of life itself, life eternal, goes through suffering, not around it. Jesus had to suffer and die to bring both victory and life to us. We too have been promised to face persecution and we have been commanded by our Lord to take up our cross and follow him. So what does it look like to live a life that responds to the Master's voice that bids us to rise and have no fear as we carry our cross? Well, it means that he has paved the way for you to speak about him without any fear of repercussions. He has made a way for you to forgive where no one in their right mind would ever forgive. He has made the way so you can now love where no one in their right mind would ever love. Because perfect love has been embodied in Jesus Christ. And is now received by you, to you, by faith. The one who loves and forgives us. Well, I should say it this way The one who loves and forgives as he has been forgiven is in his right mind because he has the mind of Jesus. Your identity, your entire life flows from the very life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. He has given you eternal life that has already started. So you can fearlessly give of your time, your talents, and your treasures, trusting God that he will provide for your daily needs, and that you will never be able to outgive him. He bids you to pick up your cross because you can rise and have no fear. Whether that cross be persecution or surgery or chemo or rehab, you can face it. With a sure and certain knowledge that even if the next step down the path takes your life, you really do have peace and life everlasting. You can face the tears of grief with an inner joy, all because it is not lost. In fact, life has been won. Because of Jesus, you have no reason to fear for he is with you always and he will never forsake you. You can rise and have no fear while you journey down this mountain towards across this Lenten season because you enter this journey with the prefaced Proclamation, the sure and certain proclamation that Jesus is the Son of God. Listen to Him. Rise and have no fear. His Word is truth, He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the very word of God. Hear his word and do not depart from it. Rise. Have no fear for Jesus has overcome the world. He is the one who has redeemed you from the grave so that you might dwell with him forever. So. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen.